0: Knowledge is power, now more than ever. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at nintex.com. Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net.
1: Hi ladies and gentlemen and everybody listening right now, this is Marco Ciafelli with ITSP Magazine and the channel, as you know we have many, but this is Audio Signals where we don't have to talk about cyber security, we don't have to talk about technology, but we're probably going to talk about society because I really don't know how not to talk about society and uh, this is one of those people that again, <laughs> you're probably bored with this, but... I've become part of the Mentor Project, as you probably have heard many times already, at the beginning of the year, and uh, I've met so many cool people and, and people that have been listening to our show, that have listened to even already... Uh, Deborah which is one of the founders and today uh, guess what it's another person from the mentor project and she was one of the first mentors so she's probably going to give us some little bit of history um, and and how this came together but then we're just going to have a nice conversation and we'll we'll see where it goes so we have Irene Yakbes with us and Irene how are you?
2: I'm doing well. Thank you.
1: Good. It took a little bit to, to get to talk. Uh, you know, we <laughs> okay. had a few, few postponing, but hey, you know what? All the good things, you have to wait a little bit. <laughs> yeah. So I'm looking forward to for this conversation. Me too. Perfect. So how about we start from the beginning? And the beginning is you, and as I like just to have people introduce themselves. I don't like to read a bio or anything like that. So yeah. tell me what, you know, uh, what's up with you and uh, your career as much or as little as you like and what you're up to nowadays.
2: Yeah. Um, so first of all, thank you very much for having me. And I'm, I'm really glad that we we made the time to to meet. This is a lot of fun. Um, so again, my name is Irene Yachtas. Um, I have uh, worked in different parts of uh, what we'd call the tech industry um, for, I don't know, it's probably like over 20 years now. So I actually started out in the space industry. I got my undergraduate degree in aerospace engineering and then master's in in technical management. And that kind of came out of a childhood dream of being a being an astronaut, but you know, I get I get nauseous in a car, so it wasn't going to happen for me to go to space. <laughs> so I did really want to enable um, space exploration, and I got to do that. My first job out of college, um, I was a spacecraft integration and test engineer on um, spacecraft that you know orbited the Earth, um, went to comets. Um, one that I had a you know fairly great role in was on a mis- mission to the planet Mercury. Um, And then I moved into another role, which was a little bit more on kind of like the business side. I went to work for um, a small robotics company in New York that also did a lot of work for NASA, for the Department of Defense, um, for utilities and mining companies. Um, But really, it was robotics in extreme environments. Um, where you only have so much control. it had to work, a lot of it had to work autonomously. So I was a director of business development over there, so I was always looking for um, opportunities to pitch work um, to the government, to private entities, um, to get projects that our uh, company could could work on. So that was a ton of fun. I got to think about things like how would you, um, collect samples from the moons of Saturn and Jupiter to better understand how we've gotten to this place in the universe right how how the universe was made um, eventually, I took a complete turn and went into a different industry after thirteen years being in in space and robotics. Um, I went into digital, I went to work for some you know hot tech startups um working in things like marketing and advertising for Um, you know, really large customers and banking and um, telecommunications and retail and everything. Um, Really got to understand digital and mobile very, very well. And um, the concepts of innovation how you do innovation well in a human-centered, design-focused way. Um, And lately i found myself at IBM. Um, Right now I work in IBM Research. I get to work again, um, just like back in the day, in the space day, I get to work with um, researchers, research scientists and engineers, and they're just some of my favorite kind of people to work with, they're fascinating. So I manage a team um, to create web applications specifically for a research uh, community. I have a team of software developers, designers, um, project managers, product managers. I'm also a product owner um, for a particular application. Um, And shortly, I'll be moving into a new role, um, which is a little bit more of a senior role, working in the chief information office uh, in IBM, um, handling their events and meetings portfolio um, of tools as well as um, their data analytics within the CIO um, and also you know, getting to work with designers, um, continuing to work with designers, which is really a lot of fun for me. So that's kind of you know, where I am professionally. I also happen to have two kids.
1: So two teams. There you go. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, I also happen to do that. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> uh, I, 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 I'm like taking notes and every time you start saying something that you have done, I'm like, okay, we can talk about that and then I'm like no 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 wait scratch that we can talk about this because you've done a lot of really cool stuff so yeah we can, um, I, all. <laughs> we can talk about them all and maybe maybe there is a way I'm thinking to to put everything together so yeah. you, you started with the uh, first of all I come from you know political science and uh, branding and then I ended up coming into cybersecurity and technology. And of course, talk about the connection that we have with that. So I'm Mm -hmm. very fascinated by space. Um, One of our last episodes we recorded for this show was actually about the web telescope and why Mm -hmm. we go to space. So when we start talking about robotics and all of that and space exploration, my eyes just light up. But you said something at the beginning that you did it because it was your dream when you was when you were young. So I think that's a very important topic to talk about, like yeah. a dream, following your dream. And I'm sure we can connect it with mentorship and all of that kind of stuff. But how lucky have you been and how good, of course, I'm sure you deserve every single portion of that dream to make it happen. So t- yeah. tell me tell me about that dream uh, when yeah. you were a kid.
2: Yeah, I'd be happy to. And, and by the way, I think so much of our life's path is kind of happenstance when we mm. have the dreams you know the age that we are when we happen to have those dreams. So you know I was I don't remember I must have been probably ages 10 to 14 or something where I happened to watch a movie about space. I mean I happened to be looking back on it was a horrible movie but it did inspire me
1: as <laughs> a matter inspire you yeah. So.
2: <laughs> yeah. Um, so that was, you know, that, that was what I'd been thinking about. I used to, you know, while I was supposed to be sleeping at night, I'd open my window and look out at the moon and the stars and think about, you know, what are things like out there? Um, and, uh. As I mentioned before, I mean, I don't think it was really in the cards for me to to be an astronaut. Although these days, I think that if uh, if you have the money, you can be
1: an astronaut, right? With commercial Apparently, stuff. everybody can be an astronaut. As yeah, as yeah. Can, Hopefully, you know. the
2: price of that will come down, right? And we'll <laughs> all get to experience it. I mean, maybe, you know, when I was um, about 15 years old, uh, I remember going to an event at the Cooper Union, which is uh, a college um, in New York where I where I live and um, it was called Women in engineering and I didn't know anything about engineering, but I figured let me let me check it out. And there was this panel of women who were talking about what they do for a living and one woman said that she was an aerospace engineer, which is basically enabling space exploration with technology and I, that just, big light bulb over my head. It was just that moment where it's like, well, if I'm not necessarily going to go to space, I want to enable the things that get robots and people to space. Um, So, you know, when you're 15 years old, that's at the age where you're starting to think about what do I want to study in college? So again, it's like that moment happened to be um, where I had that mentorship moment. Honestly, that woman had no idea who I was. I was sitting in an audience, but just Mm -hmm. by listening to her, that was a mentorship moment for me as a mentee. So um, I made a decision to study aerospace engineering in college, and it was one of the hardest things that I've ever done. It was incredibly difficult. Sometimes it was incredibly dry, to be honest with you. Not everything is as glitzy as you would imagine it to be. But I am, um, you know, I'm a really hard worker. Like I just, you know, put my mind to something and I don't want to fail. So I just keep going at it. Um, And eventually the, the content in my classes got more interesting and I got, This really cool opportunity Um, when I when I graduated from college, I had some very cool opportunities, you know, just kind of like moments where I watch a rocket going over my head that I had just launched. I mean, that just incredible experiences that you don't don't really have every day. Um, But yeah, I mean, that's sort of how how I got there. After a while, the industry was kind of a little bit slow. So I figured, uh, you know, I was in my 30s, and I figured I'm not going to be able to retire in this kind of job. So let me see what else is out there. And so like I said, I went into this completely different industry. And I've had great experiences there, too. I really feel like... um, every single experience that I've had in my life, in my career, whether at the time it was amazing or miserable or difficult or easy, has led up to who I am today. And only in the last few years, I've really had this kind of moment of clarity to be able to say things like that, right? I mean, I was very insecure when I was was younger, um, being in a field um, that's really complicated, dominated by older men when I was a young woman. Uh, It was really a lot for me to handle. And now I've realized that I've collected so many experiences and learnings, um, both in terms of my, my, my knowledge, my business knowledge, but also, you know, people refer to this all the time, emotional intelligence, right? Being able to read people, read situations and trust my instincts. Um, And so, you know, I I feel like I've come to this moment in my career where I honestly believe that anything can be done if you put your mind to it and you really want to do it. It's called a growth mindset. And um, to be honest with you, it's something that I've learned even from my own 16 year old son. I mean, I see him when he is trying to solve computer programming problems. It's just something that he's really excited about and decide to do on his own. And he will, you know, fail a thousand times and then really win big and never feel bad about it, right? He'll just keep learning and learning until he figures, figures it out for himself and you know, never lets himself feel down. And that's something that I've learned and I also share with people on my team. Um, I encourage them, you know, to keep learning, keep being willing to take risks. Um, and to believe in themselves. I do think that if you work really hard on something, you know it better than just about anyone else. So there's no reason to have that imposter syndrome. It's really about believing that everything that you've done until that moment makes you the expert in the thing that you've been doing. So so go for it.
1: That's such an important message. Many of them, I mean, the, the, the dreaming part, like I've talked to people, that they realize how many people that are a little bit of an a, a, a disadvantaged position that they don't have that inspiration that they yeah they may look at the star but they think like damn I can never never gonna be able to be that person and maybe that mentor that is could be anybody even you mentioned like you know some you go to a conference somebody says mm-hmm. something and it just sparkles something. Or reading a book or watching a movie, right? And that oh. inspiration and and that's that's mentorship that is going all over the places. We just such a little thing. Like we talk about mentorship, and I talk about that with Deborah, with many other people from the Mentor Project, even like Susan, and we talk about lateral mentorship, right? Mm-hmm. How we are learning constantly from each other, which is really important. But you you need you need that inspiration, and and you're saying now that you get it even. You get it from your son. Yeah. And I love that. I mean, inspiration comes from so many different parts. And uh, and it's just amazing. So tell yeah. me about the Mentor Project and how it seems like a perfect fit to, to get involved into that with the way that you see things. And yeah. so t- tell me about that. Because the Mentor Project, it seems to me that it's been going around for a long time because I'm so mm-hmm. new to it. But it's actually not that long ago that it was started. Absolutely. So you're right. I
2: mean the mentorship the mentor project has been around um, for a few years. Uh, but it hasn't been around forever. It's amazing how much the network has grown in the last couple of years. So um, when it started, um, Deborah Heiser and I have, have been friends for, for quite a few years now and she was talking with me about how you know she, she met um, these these guys. Uh, Bill Cheswick and Bob Cousins at a hackers conference and um, how it really resonated with her that mentorship, which is something that she's, she's studied for a while, um, comes so naturally for people in technology, right? And so those guys w- were, were, you know, founders uh, in Silicon Valley kind of technology. Um, and, you know, she had been talking to me about her idea of getting something going where where, where people who have this knowledge can can share it with others, especially as they they grow and they you know maybe don't need to work as much anymore. They want to pass that along to others, and it happens to be as I mentioned before that I have. Worked my entire professional career in tech. And I also happened to have a kid who was interested in tech and you know really <laughs> could could benefit from the knowledge of others. So she asked me if I wanted to be involved. and I you know I said absolutely yes. And you know, I've had some really nice opportunities um, to do some some podcasts like this, um, but also to go into classrooms um, or virtually and talk to kids, most of the time I talk with them about my work in the space industry and I kind of teach them a little bit about what's cool about things like astrobiology and things like that um, because that tends to be the more more interesting kind of stuff um, for kids. And I've also, um, help to create sort of a template for the mentor project hackathons too, right? So how do you help students to come up with, with great ideas and how do we do that through a lens of mentorship at all as well, which is very uncommon with hackathons, the way that we do it is, is certainly very special. Um, And I was just, I was just um, uh, telling Debbie yesterday that I think that, um, you know, there are the clear benefits of mentorship, where you feel like you want to give back to the community, you want to see, you know, children or, or others, you know, maybe it's lateral professional uh, mentors where, where you want to see them succeed. But of course, there's also the benefit to the mentor as well. And one of the things that I feel when I'm mentoring is that I, I feel the passion again, for what I'm talking to people about. It makes me realize how much I've loved what I've done. And that keeps me going even after the conversation, when I go back to work the next day. And I think to myself, this is something very special that I'm doing. It's not just the day-to-day for Irene. It's something that I've been really privileged to be able to work on. Um, so that's you know one great benefit to me. Another one is that when you can explain something to someone else, that is kind of the pinnacle of um how good you can be at something, right? So like you can do a job, right? You can you can kind of get it done, but when can, you can explain that to someone else and show them how to do it, that is true expertise, right? Because there are no, much fewer questions about it if you have the ability um, to share that with others. So it's helped with me, um, you know, with my passion and with my confidence, which is such a wonderful way to actually be a little selfish when it comes to mentoring, too.
1: Yes, of course. Yeah. Now I I agree with that, and and you said something that made me think that it's kind of like looking back at your career, the many things that you have done, and maybe even I wish that would have been different, or you know, or, or like to say, you know, wish I knew now what. Yeah <laughs> what 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 I didn't know back then and, and and then maybe try to make it happen for someone else. And yeah. it, it's amazing. I, I, that's that motivates me to like for example I, I'm thinking to to not that I'm kind of new to this, but my my mentoring is probably gonna be about podcasting and radio mm-hmm. and mass media and the passion again that I have into the old school radio and, and how you know it connected people and, and all of that, that it's kind of like, I'm doing actually something I really love to do. It yeah. doesn't feel like a job, but it is based on the experience that you had. So right. I, I completely agree with that. Now, let, let's move this into how we can be mentor. Not just for kids, but again, we, mm-hmm. we mentioned at the beginning lateral mentorship. And uh, God, I'm learning so much just being part of those call that we do with the other mentors and how we're sharing opinion and things. And, you know, it, it's amazing to be part of this group of people, but also bring it to mentorship, maybe in the business world as a team mm-hmm. leader. And you, you mentioned emotional intelligence, mm-hmm. you know, those those soft skill, and I'm doing the air quote right now for people not (laughs) listening to the podcast, that I never feel like they're actually soft. They're really hard. They're really important (laughs) when you're motivating, emotionally inspiring people and not just telling people this is what you need to do. So how do you inspire in the business world as well? I'd love to hear your, your opinion on that.
2: Yeah. I mean, you know, I think it's easy when, let's say, for example, you're a manager, right. And um, you have a really open-minded team and you, you have tons of opportunities to mentor them. Um, But it's a little different when you're talking about, you know, people who may be in a little bit of a different discipline from you, but they're kind of, you know, at the same, I guess, professional level as you. Um, I think it's, important to be able to share with someone when you feel like they've done something that's really that's um, uh, they've done a good job, right? I mean, one of the ways that I've learned from people is when they've given me positive feedback. And that's kind of like mentoring me like, hey, you're on the right track. And that again, it gives me the confidence to keep moving forward. Um, I also learn all the time from people who um, who are in, in other professions, and I just kind of pick up on little things here and there that I learn along the way. I could never do the same things as them, but I get little glimpses of insight into what's important, what are the key things that I should know. Um,
1: Can you give me a couple of examples?
2: Yeah, I mean, I think without going into too, too much detail, I think, um, you know, I, I work in, in um, web applications now, and I work with people who are software engineers. I'm not a software engineer. I understand the basics of software engineering. But when they talk about things like, you know, how do you know if it's a secure application? How do you know if it's a performant application? Um, And what, what are kind of the things you need to look out for? I don't understand it on the deep level, but I understand the importance of it, and right, I might okay. understand what are the you know the pros and cons of doing things one way or another. Mm-hmm. When I was working um, at the the robotics company, right, I was writing proposals um, to NASA for uh, ideas of how you could um, you know take samples of rocks on other planets, and there's a lot that goes into that that's related to Um, mechanical, electromechanical engineering, right, which, you know, there are people who really specialize in certain areas of that. Um, There are people who are, you know, geologists, astrobiologists. Um, We just get to learn from each other. They learn from me also, like, what does it mean to write a good project plan to propose to the government? So, you know, their expertise might have been in this super technical area, but they also learn from me, you know, how do you make that appealing so that someone will actually give you the funding to do that work, right? Right. So how do you share that you're the right team to do it, that you have the right plan to do it, so you will be entrusted with the government's funding Mm. in order to do that. So there've been lots of opportunities to to really learn from one another. And, you know, the mentors and the Mentor Project, I mean, it's just so fascinating. I get to learn Mm. from them all the time, um, just kind of observing people, how they interact with each other, how much they want to share, how much they um, care about one another and want to help one another. You really learn a lot from that.
1: Yeah. I love how you went into the business side because I, I talk about that a lot and how many yeah. many good ideas that haven't been developed as much as the kind of a little less good idea you know like the vhs versus yeah. the competitor at the time or or other situation where marketing and branding has been been making mm-hmm. the difference just because somebody's been able to sell their idea a little right. bit better than other so yeah. being in the lab is important but you need to be able to to understand how to to present it to others as well yeah and so it's I, actually
2: I that's actually, you know, um, a, a field that I've learned a lot more about these days kind of related to being able to sell and brand it's called user centric design. And it's really understanding who is going to be your end user, understanding their journey, like how they come across your product and how they might use it. And um, what are all the different kinds of interactions they may have? And how do you make that as kind of frictionless and enjoyable as possible. And I think one of the byproducts of having to think that way is developing this tremendous empathy, right? Mm, it's an empathy yes. for your end user, but it's also really natural to have an empathy for everyone else that you come in contact with, right? For for your colleagues, for your coworkers, for your friends, for your family. Um, it's, you know, it's kind of a different and really important way of thinking. And I think we need empathy now more than ever, right? I mean, everyone's been through so much. You never know what someone else is going through these days. So just, you know, kind of putting yourself in someone's shoes or understanding that there may be something going on in their shoes that you know nothing about. So have have some heart whenever you interact with people.
1: Yeah, I I, I totally agree. So do you, do you think that empathy is that? Superpower that can really make a good leader. I mean, I know you can't just probably package it in one thing, but mm-hmm. I mean, I I'm asking you because my answer will be yes. <laughs> I mean, you need to know what you're doing, but also you do need to to be sure that that you keep everybody motivated, and if somebody is having a bad day or or needs yeah. a little bit extra, you know, as they say, you know, try to walk uh, you know a mile in somebody else's shoes and and understand right. that there may be a lot of pressure though by the company mm-hmm. and you know maybe now we we're a little bit more attentive to empathy and yeah. I maybe think before so. it was a little bit different so are, are we getting there also you know as a as a woman in in the in the tech industry you mentioned that before and yeah. i hear this story a lot in cybersecurity, right like how y- you have to work twice as hard to be listened to and I hate that because mm-hmm. I, I really don't think that way but so empathy again you know here you yeah. go back yeah. to that so t- tell yeah. me about like have, have you seen now that you're in a in a more like in a senior role like the time has changed a little bit or there is a long way to go for diversity inclusion and mm-hmm. if you want to go there if you
2: want yeah absolutely that. I mean I think that um diversity and inclusion are buzzwords right now. And I feel very fortunate that I work for a huge global corporation where that has just been their DNA for decades, right? And um, that they go out of their way to make sure that um, people do feel included, that women have um, great opportunities um, and that managers lead with authenticity, and that they truly care about their people, that they they care enough to give candid feedback in a way that's going to be valuable, not in a way that's going to hurt people. I've worked other places where i've I've worked with managers that, you know, it's it's always felt kind of like the bottom line for them is what's important. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. but now it happens to be that I work somewhere where, you know the expectation is, you're not necessarily going to be working in the same role forever. So how can we develop you as a person? And I'm the same way with people on my team, right? I I say, I want to give you opportunities to work on projects that are really going to grow you. Even if it means you're not going to be here in a year from now, and I would miss you if you left, you know, everybody on my team is incredible. But I do want to give people opportunities. One of the things that I think is very special about my team is that empathy is in that their DNA because of the way that they have to work in user-centered design, but also um, because they're just really good people and it's really natural for them. They go, go out of their way to help one another. Whenever someone is new to the team and will drop whatever it is they're doing and help that person. And that, that might slow them down um, in what they're doing at that moment, but ultimately it kind of rises all the ships. Um, and there's also, you know, this is, this is something that um, there, Google had some studies about this, this concept of psychological safety, right? Where if you're on a team, you feel like you can ask questions without feeling like they're stupid questions or share ideas without um, fear that, you know, someone is going to think that they're ridiculous or why are you asking those questions, right? Having that psychological safety ultimately makes for, first of all, a much more innovative organization. Because even if you have 10 stupid ideas, if one of them is great, I mean, those odds are worth it, right? To have that that kind of environment. Um, And also just helps people work so much better as teams when they feel confident and comfortable with one another. So I think empathy matters a lot. I think it is something that Um, You know, it does come naturally for many women, not necessarily all women. And and it comes naturally for for many men, too. I've been very fortunate, you know, especially in my time at IBM, um, that I dealt with leaders that had that authenticity. They expected a lot of me but they also helped me to get there. And they were honest with me about how to get there. And they were honest with me about what they thought I was doing well at. And that just gave me the confidence to keep pushing through. So, um, you know, I think it's really special when you see somebody who's an effective leader um, in a way that feels um, authentic and like they truly care about the people that they work with. That is very special.
1: Yeah. uh... No questions about it. I mean, I wish everybody would think that way. <laughs> you know? But yeah, I think yeah. more and more, I think time have changed. I, I'm not, I'm, we're not there yet. We're yeah. really, really, really far. And sometimes I wonder. I mean, it's 2022. Are we we still not there? And you know, society is, is the way it is. But you know, yeah. big step has been made. Many more to you know, many more step to 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 get where we could be really you know respectful for everyone and, and 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 open cultures and and yeah and accept the fact that great things come from different perspectives i think they that's do. very important
2: they they do they do and i think that there's been more of a re- realization in the last few years um, <clears throat> that it's very important to have diverse teams especially let's say for example in in technology where you have consumers using your end product right If you have the same kinds of people that are developing these things, but you have a much, much, much more diverse group of end users, there are obviously going to be blind spots, right? Your products are not going to work well for everyone because the people who are developing them are not in the mindset of all of their users. Um, So I can tell you, for example, now I'm hiring for someone on, on my team in a technical role And I decided, um, you know, with some of my colleagues that we're going to wait until we get um, a more diverse slate of candidates to choose from, Um, because I really want my team to be more diverse because I don't want to have those blind spots and because I do want, I do think it's critically important to build a pipeline of underrepresent minorities and women, especially in technology, so that you know, even if it's a entry level role for them right now, that they can grow, eventually into um, into greater things in their career. And I, as a manager, feel that I have a responsibility to help create that pipeline. Even if it means that, you know, some of the work that I want to get done is going to be a little bit slower, I'm going to wait until I get more candidates to choose from and hopefully build opportunities both for them and for my team.
1: Yeah, and as you're saying this, and I will start wrapping our conversation, even if I I do want to talk about robots and stuff like that, uh, (laughs) maybe another time. I keep running parallels between what you're saying about business team and 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 the way that we can do that by mentoring young generation. So yeah. not only with empathy, but you know telling them that dreams can can come true, and that there is not such a thing as a stupid question because right. that's really important. I mean, if you do that with with a kid, you can't judge them because they don't know something, and and no nobody knows everything. Come on, yeah. you need to be humble about about all of this. Yes. So, if you had to give some, you know, maybe three. I know I hate when I say that, but you know, we're wrapping. So, yeah three tips. You know, three more. The three most important things that you think that for mentoring someone or inspiring someone at the, in, in a business team and leadership role? I mean, we know hemp, empathy because you said that pretty clearly. What, what are the other two things that makes both a good mentor and and a good leader? And I, I want to put you on the spot. So if, if they're one or three, whatever they are, it's, I just want to add to that um, from your perspective based on your experience.
2: Yeah, that's, that's such
1: a great question. Um, and I know it cannot be three. <laughs> it's much more complex than that. But yeah, on you know, yeah. top of your mind right now, maybe now they're important, but tomorrow you're like, you know what? Maybe at the top three, there is another one. So i say mm-hmm. empathy and then what?
2: I think it's also um, bringing people together and building consensus, even when things aren't obvious, right? Even when um, people are coming from different points of view to kind of take all of those into account and um, to help people understand their different points of view and to build that consensus. That's not an easy thing to do. That's called stakeholder management, right? Um, So I think there's, there's a lot of power in that. Um, And that is, it is a soft skill and it's a, it's a very important one. So Um, put,
1: put in difference, differences, different perspective, different point of view to work together for a common goal.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I think also as a leader, you need to be able to take all of those things into account, but then trust yourself that you are the one that has to make the decision at the end of the day. Right. And so, you know, you know what you're doing better than anyone else. And you've taken into account all these different points of view. And at the end of the day, this is your decision and that you're able to share it with all your stakeholders. So they understand they understand that you've done the homework. You really have made this decision based on all of these different factors. That's in kind of a, a business context. I'd like to. um think now a little bit more about, you know, the, the, the context with kids, right. And I'm thinking back to some of the moments where I've mentored um, kids, where I've talked to them about my experience in the space industry. And, you know, they, they, they asked me questions and, you know, the other kids in the room are giggling, right. Because it sounds like a stupid question, mm. but actually the, underlying piece of their question is so right to the heart of what's important. And I say, that's a great question. That's not the case right now. But what we have thought about is blah, blah, blah. Like, let's say, for example, I had, you know, a third grader ask me, you know, do we have, um, you know, uh, uh, people living on Mars? you know, I think a lot of people know that there aren't people living on Mars, but I can explain to them that that's what we're aiming for. And here are all of the obstacles that are getting in the way of that. And here are the technologies that would enable us to do that. And here's why it would be so amazing for us to get there one day. And it really like puts a spark in their eyes and it puts a spark in my eye as well. So I think it's um, about being able to listen to questions and find the nuance underneath all of it and be able to share something that hopefully this person didn't know before and that will inspire them and will inspire you.
1: Wow. I was going to close with what would be the things that you say to to the kids like you were looking at the stars, dreaming to be an astronaut and work in space, and, and you just answer to that. So. <laughs> You just saved me the time to ask that question. Although I did it in retrospective after you, you just. I, answered. I do
2: want to say though, Marco, that I think that it's super rare for someone when they're fifteen years old, sixteen years old, seventeen, to actually know what they want out of life. Oh, I right. Totally agree. I yeah. mean, what a huge gamble you're taking when you are, you know, deciding. Hopefully, if you decide that you're going to college or if you're going to step into a career at that moment. Um, that it just happens to be whatever you're interested in at that time, or maybe you're not interested in anything, right? So I think, you know, kids should know that it's okay if they don't know what they want right away. They're going to learn so much along the way anyway. And I changed my career. You know, there's some statistic that people change their careers three, four, five times in their lives. So, um, you know, just absorb as much as you can have as much fun as you can learn as much as you can. Um, you know, try not to stress out about having your whole life figured out when you're 17 years old, <laughs> because you have your whole life ahead of you. Yeah. And don't be,
1: And as you said before, don't, don't be afraid to ask questions and to go for it. And if you fail, just get up again and do it. I mean, exactly. that's really important. Well, Irina, I think your story is an inspiration and what you do with the mentor project and your job every day, uh, you know, it is also, and I hope that people that listen to this, especially if there are, you know, younger generation listen to this, they they do listen to this advice and uh, and they go for it. So uh, I, I I really enjoy this. I, I've learned a lot of things and. Uh, hearing you and and being part again of the mentor project that connected us and I hope we can do a lot more things together um, because I know there is a lot on the plate there so eventually we'll we all work on something at the same time so thank you so much Uh, feel free to come back any any time you have an interesting story to share I'll be more than happy to to listen to it yeah it's my pleasure
2: thank you so much for having me
0: Blue Lava is the first business platform for CISOs to manage their security program. Blue Lava guides security leaders to effectively measure, optimize, and communicate their security program with confidence and ease in one platform. Learn more at bluelava.net. Nintex is the global standard for business process management and automation. The Nintex platform helps their clients accelerate progress on their digital transformation journeys by quickly and easily managing, automating, and optimizing business processes. Learn more at nintex.com. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Audio Signals. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itsbmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues.